What's going on, everybody? Sports at Night, Real Fans, Real Talk is coming at you right here, right now. As always, I am your host, Todd the Coach Knight. And joining me, I've actually got Josh Hale. Yeah, baby. What's going on, man? Uh, just here uh, sipping coffee at um, 4.30 in the afternoon like like it's 7 in the morning, Todd. Just trying to wake up, sipping on my nice French vanilla coffee. Just uh, living the dream, buddy. How about you? I'm also living a dream. I've, I've got myself a strawberry lemonade right here, and I'm, I'm enjoying it. It tastes good, nice and refreshing. And it's good for the throat, too, so that definitely helps with uh, with the podcast, and it'll hopefully uh, have me sounding pretty good for all you fine people out there. Yeah, strawberry lemonade is good. Like I feel like... It, it truly is, especially with the, the weather being so hot. <laughs> yeah, I, f- I feel like that maybe used to be the uh, snow cone flavor I used to get at the corner of Pines and Buncombe back in the day. Do you remember that little tiny snow cone stand that was there? I do, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was my bus stop back in the mid-90s when I was going to high school. And uh, yeah, that's how old wow. I am. Wow. And uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, I think I used to get strawberry lemonade snow cones. So that's kind of a throwback for me, man. So check this out. I mean, we've got some good topics that we're going to be throwing at everybody today. NFL training camps are, have, you know, officially kicked off now. And uh, there's some holdouts, very, very noteworthy holdouts that are that are happening uh, that we definitely want to touch upon. Uh, some injuries have already taken place. And suspension's already taking place. So Man. we're going to cover all that here. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. We'll also talk a little bit also, uh, about the NBA offseason and how it's been just a whirlwind of change. We'll dive into that a little bit more in detail later, especially going over some of the dynamic duos, which we'll do in, in much, much, much greater detail. And yeah, you guys just be sure to stick around because we're going to be hammering away a lot of fun coming at you right now. Woo! So... Training camps, like I was saying, one injury that's already taken place, and it just happened like an hour ago from the time that we started recording, A.J. Green, the wide receiver for the Cincinnati Bengals, got carted off the field. Um, Trainers are believing right now that he has a sprained ankle. He missed a lot of last season last year with a a toe injury. Uh, He's 30 years old. This is a contract year for him. Uh, I'm not sure what his uh, value is going to be uh, if he winds up missing an extended period of time because of this injury, um, you know, if he's going to end up uh, staying with the Bengals or if he, you know, takes his talents away from the Ohio River, what are you thinking on that, man? He he seems to be pretty injury prone. I I, I know from a personal perspective, um, I have uh, drafted AJ Green in fantasy drafts over the years and. This doesn't seem like the first time that he's missed games. I remember having to swap him out. I genuinely hope he's okay. And these foot injuries, you know, a toe injury, that that, that doesn't sound that significant. But it is. Like, that could, that immobilizes you. For sure. The only positive thing that I can take away from this in regards to this perceived ankle sprain is the fact that it's not a high ankle sprain. And what I mean by that is high ankle sprains generally will keep a player out anywhere from six to eight weeks. Ouch. Because it takes so long to properly heal. Right. But just a regular ankle sprain is going to be more along the lines of four to six weeks. So the odds are he's going to miss the bulk of, if not all of training camp, but should be ready for the regular season if if his recovery rate is as was projected. Well, I mean, let's just hope that's the case. You know, I mean, he, he seems like 
I don't know. Hasn't he gotten onto some uh, on-field fights, like beating up cornerbacks and such? Didn't he get in a fight with somebody? Uh, he's, he's been a little bit more rowdy here uh, as the years have, have uh, gone by. I remember when he and uh, Adam Pac-Man Jones went at it. Oh, that's that sounds about right. <laughs> Anyways, man, <laughs> what's next? What you got? Well, one thing I want to point out here, um, the Seahawks, they just uh, gave linebacker all-pro linebacker Bobby Wagner a three-year extension, $54 million. Uh, he's now the highest-paid middle linebacker in the game, and I have absolutely no problem yeah. with that particular move. Uh, I think he's the backbone of that Seattle defense, which has seen a tremendous turnover over the past couple of years. Right. Uh, and and furthermore, I, I mean, I know you being a San Francisco 49ers fan, I know you wish you would have gone, you know, somewhere else, but you <laughs> cannot in any way, shape, or form take issue with the move that Seattle made. Oh, yeah, much deserved. This guy is uh, all over the field talent. This, this, this dude absolutely deserves that sort of contract. Good for him. Mm-hmm. Good on Seattle for recognizing it, getting that done so that they can uh, keep him for a while and uh, hopefully for their sake, uh, continue to kick ass. <laughs> yeah, for their sake. I mean, we're not exactly wishing Seattle to do great or anything. But never, never, you know. As you said, I'm a 49ers yeah, fan. Yeah, we so. would not be we would not be genuine in our um, in our take here if if that's what we were really saying. There's a few guys that are holding out in order to get a long term extension. They're not budging in their stance. The teams aren't budging in their stance. That sounds like a recipe for some missed games. The most notable of of all these guys is obviously Dallas Cowboys running back Zeke Elliott. Oh, um, but also there's there's running back Melvin Gordon who's who's not in training camp right now. He's holding out. He's looking for a long term deal. That's uh, a big Saints deal. wide receiver Michael Thomas. The same thing. He's wanting a long term deal. Left tackle for the Redskins Trent Williams. He's also holding out. And I mean th- those are the most notable. Uh, players and, and all those guys. I mean, they're certainly deserving of their, you know, of getting an extension, right? Because they're all of those guys are, are Pro Bowl and in some cases All Pro players. But I, I have to think about it from a cap perspective. If you're going to sit there, especially with running backs, now I, I understand that running the football there's tremendous value to that. Um, but the running back position is not economically as valuable as what it was, you know, back when we started watching football in the nineties. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, you used to have the, the one running back system where you had like the Emmett Smith, the Barry Sanders. Yeah. Thurman Thomas and company. I know you, you know all about that being, you know, a Buffalo Bills fans as a little kid. I was a Buffalo Bills fan when I was a kid, (laughs) but uh, yeah, things have definitely (laughs) changed since then. So yeah, you, you, you're right. It's not like as a, as sad as it is to say this, it's not as as important of a of a position as it used to be because now everybody's going to the two running back system, sometimes three. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you get kind of a stable of backs and everything, and you know the the Saints. I look at them, you know, just as a just as an example with Mark Ingram and and Alvin Kamara, and they they had right. such such success with that. You know, now of course Ingram is over there in Baltimore, and the the Saints brought in. The former Viking Latavius Murray to be, you know, to be his fit into his role, and we yeah. know Kamara is a great running back, but he's going to get hurt. You know, you already know that's going to happen. He hadn't finished the season yet, 
so we know Murray's going to get a, a workload there. Zeke Elliott, for instance, from the Cowboys' perspective, they need to, if, if they do decide to say, okay, we're going to give him the long-term extension, and, I mean, he's, al- he's already signed through uh, 2020 because they, they gave him the five-year option, which, of course, you know, first-round you know first round picks, you have that, that ability to give them a, a, first, uh, a, sec- a fifth-year option. Something that was not available prior to 2011, whenever the the new CBA was signed at that time. With all of the antics that continually surrounds Ezekiel Elliott, it would be in Dallas's best interest to put a clause in that contract stating that your pay is very, 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 very heavily based upon your off-field behavior. You got to keep your nose clean, you know quote-unquote, to in order to maximize the value of your contract. Makes sense. Because he's constantly, I mean, you think about the incident, incident back when, at Ohio State. He had the incident back earlier this year over in Las Vegas. I mean, it, it's a never-ending thing for Zeke. Yeah, his production is incredible. His talent is incredible. I mean, he, he's a very, very rare back and, and something that Dallas has not had quite frankly, since Emmett was over there. Yeah, uh, I feel like Zeke needs to get his head out of his ass, just realize the position that he's in. You have the ability, the skill set, and the opportunity to be one of the best football players of the decade, maybe of all time. Just stop putting yourself in a position where you're going to screw up. I, I I just don't get it. Like, just for 10 years of your life, you know, this is going to be a, a 10 to 12 year deal. Just stay focused on the path. Just know that if you can just stay focused on your job and do what you need to do and stay out of trouble, you're going to make millions. And the better you are in the field, the more likely you're going to get endorsements when you're done. Because if you are really good on the field, but off the field, you're this complete jackass, you know, you're potentially preventing yourself from getting endorsements from, you know, gold bond, like Shaq or, you know, whatever, you know, like I feel like he needs to stop putting himself in situations where he could screw up, stay focused on his job, get out there and execute, man, because you're right. He has the potential to be one of the best. Absolutely. And, and, and one guy that we've, that I'd already mentioned earlier that is holding out, it doesn't have anywhere near the baggage that what Ezekiel Elliott does, Michael Thomas. I mean, you can certainly make a case for him being the best receiver in the league along with uh, DeAndre Hopkins. I think I would lean more towards Hopkins as being the best, but Michael Thomas is definitely top five at least, maybe top three. He, he's an amazing talent. I mean, and just kind of, kind of just goes about his business, does his job, um, you know, and the production is there. As, I swear, it feels like every ball that gets thrown his direction, just like with Hopkins, he comes down with it, no matter yeah. what. Whenever you have a team that is offering you $20 million a year and you're scoffing at that, is just absurd. It's asinine, really. I don't, I don't understand the mindset of some of these players. And, 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 and yeah, I guess it's easy for us to sit here and say that. I mean... Twenty million—that's a lot of money, no matter who you are. I don't care if you're homeless or if you're Donald Trump. That's a lot of freaking money. 
he wants to be one of the top three best paid wide receivers. That's that's the situation. Does he not also realize that him taking that kind of money is going to cripple their team from a financial standpoint? They're not going to be able to go in and sign anybody. Or I mean, Marshawn Lattimore, his contract is going to be over uh, at the exact same time, you know, or in just a couple of years. Right. I mean, all these different Kamara is another one. I mean, all these different pieces that they have, this young nucleus that's currently surrounding Drew Brees, who I think this is going to be his last year. That's what they've got to keep. Guys like this have got to keep that in mind. The window of opportunity is so small to be able to capitalize on this kind of talent that's surrounding them. If they sink all that money into a wide receiver, a great receiver, mind you, that prohibits them from being able to find a really good successor for Drew Brees. It keeps them from being able to extend talent along the offensive line. The defense goes to crap. I mean, all these different things. I just I just don't understand it. I mean, what what are your thoughts on the situation, dude? Well, really, what it probably is, is it's just like a taking care of the family type thing. You know, the, the, the more money that these guys get, you know, the more generations of his family will not have to worry about money. And that's probably the mindset that a lot of these guys have. So it's, you know, and you can call that selfish, um, but I don't feel like it's selfish. I feel like it's just not very team oriented, uh, which is, you know, fine. From from a money aspect and from a team aspect, it's just it's just hard for me to, to kind of grasp. But what we're okay, what we're gonna do now is going to uh, we're gonna go ahead and hop in over to the uh, to our dynamic duos section, man. Yeah, um, I'm super duper excited for this, and yeah, we'll be right back here after this. Don't go away, guys. This podcast was designed to give fans the unique opportunity to speak about their greatest passion, sports. We currently specialize in football. However, we also cover basketball, baseball, and hockey. Our show is meant to be informative, comedic, and sometimes can get, well, a little intense. We are not limited only to local sports, but are looking to include our insight on sports on a national level. This is what you can be sure to expect in our podcast that take place all over the country. We are the voice of the people. This is Sports at Night. Real fans, real talk. Talk about a massive shift for the NBA landscape now, everything. Like like what you were saying earlier, NBA super teams, it's a dying thing now, all of a sudden. It became such a hot trend um, back 10 years ago. And of course, I'm looking at the, you know, KD, or excuse me, KG and and Paul Pierce and Ray Allen, that forming the big three over there with the Celtics, LeBron and Wade and Bosch forming a big three with the Heat, Cavs do the same kind of thing with LeBron and Kyrie and Love. Then you got Steph and you know KD and and you know and Clay with the Warriors. Now all all that's just blown to bits. Now we got dynamic duos that we're all looking at here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I kind of feel like, I guess it was the, uh, yeah, like you said, the Celtics with uh, Pierce and Garnett um, that, that really started. Yeah, I feel like that's where it all started. Yeah, and then, um, you know, from there, of course, you had the big announcement, the big overblown spectacle that was 
I'm, I'm taking my talents to South Beach. <laughs> you know, there's that. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that, which that resulted in, um, I, I think in, in a in a in a burn ban up there in Cleveland. <laughs> yeah, that's you know, true, with, yeah. with the jerseys of, getting burned and everything. Yeah, yeah a lot of, yeah. lot of burned jerseys. But uh, but yeah, I mean, so and that proved successful for them. They went to the finals uh, three straight years, won two of them, right? Four straight years. They went to the finals all four years that they were together, and they did win two of them. Two of them, that's right. Yeah, yeah. And then, of yeah. course, you know, from... They, they, they lost against the Mavs, one against the Thunder, one against the Spurs, and then lost to the Spurs. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. You know, the uh, one against the Mavs, that might be one of my favorite finals ever. It was just... That was the first one. And they just knew yes. they had it. They knew they were going to beat that Dallas team because the Dallas team had one star. It was more of a traditional setup. And the fact that they got mm-hmm. their butt stomped, it, it just, it just, it really felt good to me. How about you? It, well, yeah. I mean, what, what, what made me happy, and I know especially made you happy as well, is Jason Kidd finally getting a ring out of that. Uh, absolutely. Deal. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, obviously, it's great to have been able to see Dirk get his because, I mean, that, that was the only one that he ended up getting. I mean, Dwayne Wade had robbed him of a ring. You know, it's just a few years prior to that. That's back right. Back in 06. Yeah, with Shaq. And, and, yeah, exactly. And and to be able to see him actually get a ring for what it proved to be his, fi- his final finals appearance. And Jason Kidd, him being able to finally cap off a an obvious first ballot Hall of Fame career with a championship was, was very special. And I know that series went six games, but it felt like... Like what you were saying, like the Mavs dominated that series, even though it came awfully close to going seven games. Yeah, I think it was, uh, was it the first game or the second game where the Heat, they were all, I think they lost the first game and they came back in the second game and they were doing all these alley-oops and they are doing all these really aggressive offensive plays. It looked were, very showboaty. It was very showboaty. They were screaming, yelling, high-fiving, dancing and stuff. And, and I, I just remember thinking like, what a bunch of jackasses, you know, and and it, like the way that the Mavs won that first game, and then you compare it to that, you're like, you tell me who's more respectable, you know? And I mean, just thank God that Dirk, one of the best I've ever seen play. And I mean, you might think I'm young. They, they might think we're young, Todd, but I mean, we're like damn near 40. So we've been watching for a minute. And like Dirk Nowitzki is one of the most, first of all, the most unique players I've ever seen play. His skill set and his body type was like an oxymoron. <laughs> he invented the concept of the stretch four. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so the fact that he actually got that ring and he was just so humble about it. Didn't, didn't he like, didn't he walk off the court or something <laughs> before the trophy presentation? He just. I he mean, just, it's it sounds very Tim Duncan-like, honestly. Yeah, 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 yeah. He was just so overwhelmed by the moment. I'm pretty sure if I recall mm-hmm. correctly, he actually walked off the court and then came back out to to get the trophy and such but back yeah. to back to what we were talking and, and, about and on on a side on a side note speaking of duncan did you hear that he is now an assistant coach for the spurs yeah i saw that yeah i mean yeah, yeah. and i mean really what uh what pop said was that was hilarious what did pop say oh he said uh that he had been Tim Duncan's assistant for so long. It's about time that Tim Duncan returned the favor. <laughs> <laughs> That's beautiful. Yeah, that you can hilarious. always count on Pop for a great sound bite. Yeah, absolutely. That dude is hilarious. And so back to the dynamic duo. So yeah, it, it kind of went from super yes, yes, teams yes. with all these 
superstars going to the same team. Now you have what I feel is a little bit more of an even, even playing field. And I can't remember a time in the NBA that it felt more wide open on both coasts. Like it, it, it feels like a new league and, and what it really kind of reminds me of is it kind of feels like these players, you know, you got Kawhi and PG and now you got Harden back with Westbrook and you got Anthony Davis and, and LeBron and you got the guys up in Brooklyn. It kind of feels like NBA jam. You have these. That's yeah. <laughs> yeah, it does. You know, you got the two like big the old players. school NBA jam. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. He's on Pick fire. the two best players. <laughs> yeah. Boom. Shakalaka. <laughs> From downtown. You know what, man? What, I, what I'm thinking about right now is because I mentioned this on the last podcast because all, I mean, the free agency was just getting ready to kick off. Like, free agency was kicking off that day that we were doing the last podcast. Ah. And, and what I said was, you know, with all that stuff, you know, that was, be, that potentially could have taken place and ultimately wound up actually taking place is that the league had the opportunity based so much on what Kawhi Leonard's decision was. I was about to say Kawhi to had be, the opportunity to change the league. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. And to me now the NBA is more competitive as as a as a league as a whole than what it has since Michael Jordan retired after the 93 season. I feel like Todd Knight might actually tune in to some regular season games this year. I don't know, maybe, but I think Todd that, Knight. That, that's might. a great, that's a bold prediction, Josh. It's a bold prediction. I know. I man. don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but no, seriously, think about it. I mean, there's like eight to ten teams out there right now that you could legitimately put in a in a championship contender conversation, yeah. and nobody would laugh at you. Oh yeah, you're right. Yeah, and I mean, even if Kawhi decided to stay put in Canada, the league would still be like that. So just the only thing. Yes. That they could have destroyed that entire thing is if he would have went to the Lakers. Yeah. That's or, the only thing. Or any of these other teams that already have their, their duos, you know, if he would have went to Brooklyn. Right. If, right. If he would have went to Houston, you know, um, but you know, uh, it, that would have been, that would just made me sick. Yeah. But that would have made me so and, sick if that would have happened. Yeah, but I mean, really, you're right. If the biggest league buster, association buster, really, um, would have been if he went to the Lakers. And he didn't. And I don't know why he didn't. And I guess he really hasn't, you know, expressed exactly what all factors contributed to his decision. But I'm really glad he went to the Clippers and not the Lakers. And... The way that the league has been shaken up in a matter of days, I, I I can't remember anything like this at all in the history of team sports, and and I've been keeping up with the four big sports in the in America since the early nineties, thirty years roughly. Yeah, I mean because we're coming up on twenty twenty now, and we're talking about nineteen ninety. Yeah, I know, I mean, Todd. I know that doesn't. I mean. You know, I know. I know it's how crazy math to think works. about the fact that that's thirty years. You know, it is. Yeah, yeah. I think I think that Kawhi Leonard played the Lakers like a fiddle, straight up. How's that? Because, well, I mean, 
like, just think about it. Because Kawhi Leonard delayed his decision for so long. And then, you I mean, you're sitting there, you're watching all these dominoes fall. All these players are sitting there signing with other teams. And the Lakers are in limbo, meanwhile. And ultimately, Kawhi says, you know what? I'm going to L.A., but I'm going to the Clippers. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, so uh, then, I mean, the Lakers, they, they've got all this cap space, but the, the talent pool has dwindled tremendously. Yeah, because, because the they were fact sitting that there waiting Kawhi for Kawhi, waited, to, yeah. Kawhi to make the decision, and they were banking on him signing with them, but he didn't. But you can't feel I mean, sorry yeah, for the, him. Yeah, the, the Lakers made a valiant run there, you know, once Kawhi did sign. I mean, getting, you know, guys like Danny Green, you know, they, they knew that they needed shooters to pair with LeBron. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But, I mean, just, I mean, seriously, though, I mean, you can't tell me that they would have, if if they had known that Kawhi's decision was going to be what it was, that they would not have gone after other players. Yeah, maybe. That it signed but, prior to Kawhi's decision. But I have I have no pity for them. No pity. They, I don't they, have any pity for them either. Yeah, I mean, they got LeBron James and Anthony Davis. I mean, yeah. you, that's oh, tr- Trust me, I'm not sympathizing for them. <laughs> that's not what I'm doing. Yeah, I mean, really, I'm who, we, saying who, that, who we should feel sorry for is the New York Knicks. <laughs> oh, poor Knickerbockers. <laughs> On the real, dude. That's that that is that's that's torture to think about that. Because I mean, they they just knew that they were going to you know get the number one pick that they were going to get Zion. <laughs> no, didn't quite work out that way. Pelicans got him, and then they said, you know what? Okay, we can at least make a run at a free agent. You know, a big name free agent. Right. And uh, everything fell through. Only to have KD and Kyrie. Signed in New York, but with the Nets. Yep. Yeah. It's uh, yeah. That's kind of a theme this this off season. Like the bigger <clears throat> names go into the uh, lesser known teams in the bigger cities. Yeah, I and mean, it's 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 strange. I mean, it's 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 truly a new era of basketball now. And I'm excited. And I, you know, here us, you know, in Louisiana, I've been rooting for the Pelicans since they changed their name to the Pelicans. And I can remember people mm-hmm. making fun of that name. I think to this day, it's amazing. There isn't another team in in sports in the world that's named the Pelicans. And Pelicans as an animal, they're mean. They're awful. They're like, have you ever seen like, <laughs> You're I, need right, you, they are. I need you to like YouTube, just type in the words like mean Pelicans or something. You're going to see some messed up shit. I promise. <laughs> i'm sure we would so and it's very louisiana you know it's 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 geographically relevant so yeah and so exactly anyway but the fact that zion went to the pellies i mean and he's got a great attitude about it and the city seems to be embracing him um i'm really excited to see what he can do uh the only other thing that I'm going to add, and, and it can just kind of keep it in reference to the topic of Zion, you know that he just signed the the biggest rookie shoe endorsement contract in the history of pro sports. Yeah, I saw that with Jordan. Yeah, yeah. A hundred million. A hundred million. Wow. The guy's played 10 minutes of basketball. That means 
that he has made that he makes ten million dollars per minute of basketball at this juncture. <laughs> so, I mean, not a bad day's work. Yeah, and uh, you yeah, go out and- there, you play sixty seconds a few times, and you know, cash in on point one billion dollars. Yeah. Hey, that's not a bad payday. Yeah, that is fantastic. And I mean, I really like when he was drafted. I like how he handled it. You could tell he was genuinely impacted by it, emotional. He loves his mom. He loves his mom. He loves his mom. And that's fantastic because we love our moms. And, you know. Absolutely. And, and then and then I don't know if this was planned, but when he said, let's dance, I was like, yo, if that's not his like catchphrase, like. He's missing out big time. That was fantastic. <laughs> Did you see that? He's like, yeah, let's yeah. Dance. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to Sports at Night. Real fans, real talk. So welcome back, everybody. Um, got to thinking a little bit. I mean, we were talking earlier about training camps and things like that. Yeah. And yeah, there, there's one team that I want to focus on, and not a whole lot is really being discussed in regards to their training camp. But I think it's time we th- take a little time out, buy into the gravy train, um, and uh, really kind of invest our, our invest in some milk bones and dog biscuits. I'm talking about the Cleveland Browns. Oh, I thought you were talking about the Miami Dolphins. Not quite. Oh, I would have gone with he, minnows and daffodils if that would have been the case, buddy. Oh, dolphins don't eat dog biscuits? <laughs> Pretty sure they don't eat daffodils either, but <laughs> why not? Oh, man. My, my, you just flipped my whole mindset, man. I don't even know what's real anymore. Okay, okay. That's unfortunate. So... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let, let's just let's just go ahead and say this, man. Baker Mayfield being in his second year, yeah, uh, was I mean he really I think completely turned around the entire culture of the Cleveland Browns franchise last year, and without question, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I I, I know you were at the uh, the NFL draft last year. I was, and th- yes, over in Dallas, and whenever the commissioner came up to the podium and announced Baker Mayfield as the number one overall pick by the Cleveland Browns. What was the reaction by by everybody that was in the building at that time? It was euphoria, TK. The whole place went absolutely bananas. It had been reported in the last like 30 minutes or an hour or so before that, that there was a chance that could happen. But in the, in the NFL draft, you never know. And so yeah, when they came out- it can happen. Yeah, when they when the when Roger Goodell came out and said Baker Mayfield's name, the whole place exploded. And trust me, there were a lot of Browns fans there. And one thing I will say though is that me and Brian Wales and Brandon Simoniak were at the front of the line to actually get into the place. And um, there was only a group of two guys that were in front of us, a couple of Air Force guys. One of the guys had a custom jersey. It was a fourteen Darnold Browns jersey. So I don't know if he was really uh, excited about that. He uh, he just blew one hundred and twenty dollars on that jersey that doesn't make sense anymore. <laughs> I guess so. But, but yeah, really. <laughs> fast forwarding to now, though, I'm pr- I'm sure he's probably pretty happy with the pick. 
Oh man, Baker Mayfield, I love the guy. I love, he. it's like this, he sort of sits on the borderline of like arrogant and confident. And I feel like, especially to perform like he did as a rookie, Todd, this dude just brings it. He's not the, you know, prototype NFL quarterback body. He's short and the, his, his playing style is like this really cool blend of staying in the pocket, staying with the play, but then when it does break down, getting out and making it happen. And I feel like the longer he goes in his career, the better he's going to get at that. And Todd, the Browns, watch out. Signing OBJ, uh, Landry coming in healthy. You know, this uh, defense now where they picked, um, what was it, uh, Ward last year, three picks after that, which was another surprising pick. Um, and then they got uh, Miles Garrett. Todd, I feel like this team could actually win the division. I'm excited that a team that has been in the dumps for so long, the Browns haven't been good since the 80s, dude. That's a long time. And these fans have been the last time, shit. Let's put it like this, Josh. Do you know when the last time was that the Cleveland Browns won a playoff game? It Was it the game to go to the AFC Championship where they lost to John Elway and the Broncos? Good guess, but no. 1990. Damn. 1990. Todd, they're they're here and they can actually like like their fan base is fired up. The dog pound is woof woof woofing and blepping and derping or whatever dogs do, you know? Yeah, dude, you'd be hard pressed to find a more loyal fan base than the Cleveland Browns. And you'd be hard pressed to find a more deserving fan base than the Cleveland Browns. If like this team has the potential to make it deep, I feel into the AFC playoffs. I I feel I feel in my heart of hearts TK that the Patriots don't have it anymore. Like they went out on top last year, good for them. God bless Tom Brady and Bill Belichick and this whole run that they've had, but also God bless the fact that it might be over. Holy cow. I want that to be in the past. I want something new. And if Baker Mayfield can bring the Browns deep into the playoffs, it's going to rejuvenate the NFL. It's going to be a new era of football. And I think that would be fantastic. (laughs) I'll, I'll say this right now off of what you're saying. If Baker Mayfield brings the Cleveland Browns to the playoffs, yeah, I don't care what anybody else in the league does. Baker Mayfield is the MVP of the nineteen of the nineteen and twenty season. No doubt. I, I mean, the, it would be a miracle. I, I I feel I feel like that's going to happen. I feel like there's a pretty good chance that Baker Mayfield, if he stays healthy, which man, I really hope he does because he's fascinating. And also, I haven't really looked at this, but here, let me, uh, all right, TK, I'm looking at their season here on NFL.com and it looks okay. like uh, week week two, they're going to be against the Jets. That'll be an interesting Donald be, against uh, Baker. Yeah, gotta love it. Then the very next week, they're going up against the NFC champions. Los Angeles Rams. Yeah. 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 Then week five, they're going up against the future NFC champion, San Francisco 49ers. That'll be a cool game to watch, right? And then we got one more, which will be a bitter divisional rivalry against the Pittsburgh Steelers week 11. So uh, 
yeah, that's what four or five primetime games where, you know, you could go a whole season without seeing the Browns play past six o'clock. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. The only way that would happen is if the, the uh, mid-afternoon game ran long. That's true. Yeah, like maybe, yeah, maybe they were playing somebody on the uh, West Coast and it went into overtime. That's when you'll see yeah. the Cleveland Browns playing past 6 p.m. <laughs> Correct. Exactly. One, one guy that we have not mentioned at all with Cleveland that I really, really am looking at uh, to have to build off of the successful year that he had last year. I mean, everybody looks at the rookie year that Baker had and they're just, they're just wow over him and understandably so. But Nick Chubb, man, I love yeah. me some Nick Chubb. I bet I mean, you I, do. I, I knew watching him at Georgia. I mean, because to me, and I, there's there's people that will be listening to this that will just laugh their asses off after I say it, but I like Nick Chubb at Georgia more than I like Todd Gurley. All right. Okay. Tell me why. And the reason is because I feel like Chubb can take the pounding. Chubb is more oh, built to yeah. take an NFL pounding. Oh, Gurley yeah. has proven that he can't. There's all sorts of sex jokes I can make out of what you just said, but I'm going to be a bigger man. You know, I'm going to be a grown up, and I'm just going to overlook it and let you continue with your train of thought after this brief interruption. Go ahead. <laughs> I appreciate you not diving headfirst into the, your euphemisms that just popped into your brain there. You, you could have gotten greedy and just decided to, you know, go ahead and just say everything that you were thinking about. Oh, but, but I didn't. Oh, yeah, speak. I know you didn't. But speaking of greedy, though, the Browns used their technically first pick uh, in the second round, and they got LSU cornerback uh, Greedy Williams and to pair with from Todd Denzel Ward. And, and he's, he's right here, you know, a local guy as well. Yeah. Shreveport, in the house. I hope Grady Williams gets out there and kicks some butt. Yeah, I hope he does. I really, really, really hope he does. I, I mean, Dude, I would love for the Browns to be able to be a success story this season. Because, I mean, talk about a changing of the guard. I mean, Woo! I, I'm, I'm not ready to necessarily sleep on Pittsburgh yet. But the, you can see the winds of change are coming you see it in the NBA, and I think you're going to start to see it a little bit in the NFL now, especially in the AFC North. The Ravens, you know, it'll be interesting to see what uh, Jackson is is going to do now as their starting quarterback. They're going to look like a completely different team. Uh, I, 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 I'm trying to sort of gather my thoughts and see how I feel Jackson's going to do, but I, I just... I personally don't think that he's going to um, be able to play all 16 games. And and he's built like RG3. Oh, okay. Well, maybe maybe he's bulked up. Maybe, you know, since RG3 is on his squad, he's like, hey, man, you look way too much like I did back in 2012, so you need to get some meat on them bones and start playing with your head and not your legs. Uh, coming up next, we're going to be talking about the NBA dynamic duos. We're going to be expanding on that much 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 better so be sure to stick around this is sports tonight real fans real talk coming right back at you stay tuned be sure to follow sports at nights on facebook and twitter welcome back everybody to sports tonight real fans real talk 
And we talked earlier about the uh, the dynamic duos, but we kind of didn't really dive too much into detail on them or anything. So I thought this would be a, just a fantastic chance to really just be like, okay, there's so much to cover with this. There, there's no way we could just do all that in just one little segment. Um, so with that, I mean, there there's new duos that have been formed. I'm kind of curious with you, Josh, what duo are you most excited to see? And who do you think is going to be the most successful? Hmm. This, this is this is juicy. I, I, uh, let's see. The one that I feel like will be the most successful will probably probably be uh, Kawhi and PG. I feel like the Clippers. That makes sense with be, the Clippers. Yeah. 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 I feel like the Clippers are going to be an entirely new team now. But, I mean, let's be real. I'm talking, this is going to be, the reason I picked them is 85% Kawhi, 15% Paul George. I mean, Kawhi Leonard, as he proved last season, is a game changer. This dude will completely change your organization. Yes, I know the Raptors in 2017 and 2018 were a good team. They were doing really well in the East, but they couldn't uh, push it all the way to the finals. You tell me. Is it a coincidence that the one year the Toronto Raptors have Kawhi Leonard is the one and only year in their 23, 24-year existence that they won the finals? Is it a coincidence, Todd? No, because the guy's a proven winner. The dude is a, he's a franchise changer. The whole league was biting its nails, waiting. Who's he going to pick? Where's Kawhi going to go? Because he's just that damn good. I also like his attitude. He's really quiet. He's not a big showboat on the court. No, no, no. He's not. Court. Josh, Josh, let's get something right. He's not quiet. He's co-wiet. He's co-wiet. <laughs> he is co-wiet. And he's, he's yes, stone he cold, dude. That dude is stone cold. <laughs> so I feel like the Clippers, I'm excited to see what Kawhi can do. I feel like they'll at least push deep into the Western Conference playoffs. Like, They'll probably at least be in the conference championship, I, I feel. Um, but as far as which team I'm most excited for, I, I kind of like, you know, I know I know there's a lot of people probably including you that aren't a big Russell Westbrook friend, but I feel like seeing him team up with uh, James Harden will be exciting to watch. It's not like the... Um, the fundamental basketball that we saw in the nineties, but it's fast paced. And uh, I would like to see how they're going to mesh again after they have both individually become superstars and uh, league MVPs, right? Yeah. Yeah. They, they both have won league MVPs. Matter of fact, they, they did it in back-to-back seasons of each other. Yeah. Recently. So, so you're thinking that the, the Clippers could very well be in the Western Conference Finals. Yeah. Am I, I, am I correct? I really okay. do. Just That's just because they got Kawhi Leonard. That's how good he is. Do you feel... Okay, let me ask you this then. Since we're talking about dynamic duos and you know the Clippers and all that, do you feel like it could be Kawhi and PG-13 against the Brow and the Braun in the Western Conference Finals? I don't think so. I don't feel like the Lakers. I mean, the Lakers will not miss the playoffs two years in a row, so they'll get beat in the in the second round. I don't. I don't see that being the uh, 
Western Conference Championship, but who knows? Could be. Wrong. I don't really either. I just, I just, the league itself would just go absolutely just bananas. Oh, they would love it if it was the Lakers and the Clippers in the Western Conference Finals. Oh yeah, they would, they would um, cherish that. Let's see, who do I think is going to be the most successful? I, I am in a hundred percent agreement with you. I think it's going to be the Clippers. Yeah, because of the success that they had last year, even without. PG thirteen and no Kawhi Leonard. I, I think that the the Clippers last year being an eight seed, they fought just about as valiantly as you possibly could have against a fully powered Warriors team. Agreed. I mean that they they really really pushed them and pushed them hard as an eight seed. Heck, they had a thirty plus point comeback at the Oracle. Last oh yeah, year. that was excellent. In the that first was a hell of a playoffs. game. I mean, that yeah. was just that, that's incredible. That's the biggest comeback in the history of the NBA. Woo, go Clippers! And they did it against a quote unquote super team. Yeah, that is not a super you know? team anymore. No, it is not. Um, I I think that the yeah the Warriors going to have a hard time getting to the playoffs this year. I think. Ooh, I don't know about but, that. Um, I mean, they'll have a hard time finishing. Western in the Conference top is three. loaded, dude. I'm I'm thinking a little bit more long term on this one. Okay. And so much of this is predicated on on which version of KD comes back. And when I, what I what I mean by that is having that Achilles uh, injury, like what he had last year in the finals. I mean, he's basically going to be he's basically going to be redshirted this year, right? With Brooklyn, right? But I'm really curious to see how he and Kyrie work together. Um. I think because of how wide open the East is, that Brooklyn could actually be a front runner if they get a a full version of KD back from that injury. Right. Um, I think that that could be something that's really interesting to see. This is the real question. If you were going to be playing NBA Jam 2020, which team would you pick for the best dynamic duo? Which team would you want to play with in NBA Jam 2020? The Indiana Pacers. <laughs> and who would be your two starting players there? Victor Oladupo and uh, Sabonis. Okay, all right, all right. That's not that's not bad. For me, I would pick Houston. I feel like if you had those two guys on the court, you give me any other two guys from any other team, that's including LeBron and uh, and uh, AD, that's including Kawhi and PG-13. I feel like with in, in that sort of environment where it's all about the being aggressive and it's all about offense, I feel like if I was playing NBA Jam 2020, I would pick the Houston Rockets with my boy Russell Westbrook and the beard James Harden, and I would dominate Todd. You couldn't step to me, son. You couldn't. You wouldn't be. You wouldn't be on my level, man. You pick anybody else, I'm <laughs> kicking your ass. Fine, I'll go with my actual pick. Then. What's your actual pick? <laughs> I'm. I'm gonna go with. Um. I'm gonna go with the Milwaukee Bucks. Oh. Um. Yeah. Uh, Malcolm Brogdon. And the reigning MVP, Giannis Antetokounmpo. I love that guy. Giannis is just a unique player. Watching him out there mm-hmm. dominate, fly around, play defense just as hard as he plays offense. The guy absolutely deserved 
to be the MVP of the league last year. I think the world of him, and he's definitely you know one of one of the top three players in the in the league right now. I feel like it's probably Kawhi, then him, then Anthony Davis, then LeBron. Yeah, I I, I think Giannis is if if he if he actually develops a shot, especially from the outside, then it's 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 over. He completely just <laughs> destroys the league itself. Yeah, I mean, just just he, think I mean, he's about already it. almost unguardable. He, dude, I swear, it, watching him, it feels like he can he can dunk from the three point line because all he has to do is take two steps to get there. He is a long person. Yes, yeah. The, yeah. the Greek freak is a very long dude. Yeah, and no I, doubt about I that. just love how he completely flipped the Milwaukee Bucks, who throughout our NBA fandom of the last you know, 30 years or so, they've been a laughing stock for the large majority of it. And now, I mean, they were very close to making it to the finals. Okay, you got any other thoughts on on this uh, whole dynamic duo situation but Look, before we wrap this thing up? Yeah, man, I am excited about this NBA season more than I've been excited about any other since the 90s. And I mean, that's kind of unfair because when I was a little boy wearing my Penny Hardaway jersey out there trading basketball cards in the in the sweltering heat of North Louisiana, I mean, NBA was my life. <laughs> Mid-90s, Josh Hale, 15 years old, could not wait for the next time he saw Penny Hardaway throw an alley-oop to Shaq and then Shaq bring the goal down. You're like, I mean, I was really excited for it then. And now, <laughs> as an adult, just slightly more mature, I feel like this next season is going to bring maybe a little bit of that 15-year-old Josh back, that sort of passion and enthusiasm. And like I said earlier, maybe, just maybe, I could see TK actually watching an NBA regular season game. What do you think? It's a very good possibility. Sweet. But like like I said, like I said earlier, it's a bold prediction. <laughs> but I like the chances. Yeah. I really, really, really do. Yeah. <laughs> Todd would put a dollar on that. <laughs> so with that being said, this is Sports at Night, Real Fans, Real Talk. I am your host, Todd the Coach Knight. And Josh, hell yeah. Yeah, be cool, be real, y'all. We'll see y'all on the other side, baby. Yeah.